Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, tech sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Action packed episode today. Action packed, Naomi. But before we get into it, yeah. So much stuff to talk about. I know. I mean, you, look, okay, Andy, I think you need to tell the listeners because I think I see you now mm-hmm. in a new light. Okay. What I'm looking at right now uh-huh. is a survivor. <laughs> You went through something recently this past week. I, I I was walking Mabel. Now, look, you know we've talked about this on our, on the show before. Our neighborhood, just full of traps for dogs. Just yes, like, like an obstacle course for a petite canine. Yes. And like, honestly, for a tall human. <laughs> like, uh, like if Mr. Bean had been walking around with a box labeled uh, things that could damage a dog and there's a hole in it and he's just like <laughs> whatever Mr. Bean does I don't know right 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 and it's like the slowly just like leaving a trail behind him right. of the dangers broken glass yep grapes grapes yes there were grapes once <laughs> yep uh, weed. chocolate weed like all the things that could yeah. hurt a dog and I thought I had gotten used to just the regular kinds of things that could hurt Mabel oh, in our neighborhood absolutely and I'm walking her it's like maybe it's her night walk. It's maybe, I don't know, 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. We're walking around the block and she's when Mabel walks, she likes to like cling to the wall. Or yeah, the, or she kind of hugs the wall. She walks on the side. She really walks in. Yeah. So you and, can't come up on her. That's how Mabel is. Oh, is that what it's about? She's like her mother. She said, let me add a little back. So <laughs> one side. Not a bad strategy most of the time. <clears throat> but we're walking past this one house and. When I'm walking her at night, I have just like a little tiny flashlight. And I'm just like, just to, again, keep track of like all the glass and everything. And these streets are not well lit. No. These streets are not well lit. She bumps past like what looks like a spider web and I quick yank her. Yeah. Because ever Pull since we've yeah. moved to California, I've been very paranoid about spiders. Yes. Yes. And all kinds of critters that could hurt us. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't have in New York. Yeah, we didn't really have as many. And certainly 
you know, I'm a child. I watched Arachnophobia too young as mm. a child, so I've been afraid of spiders my whole life. Uh, and suddenly we're faced with nature, these animals. You know, we live in a place that has what they like to call lizard season. I mean, it's lawlessness. I remember when we first moved here and I encountered a coyote when we first got Mabel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are there coyotes? This this is a city. Is this <laughs> not a city? Why? And someone was like, oh, they're urban coyotes. And I like right. lost my mind. I'm like, you would never hear that. You would never like get off the train in Midtown. Yep. And like, there's like a gorilla smashing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, then someone's like, yeah, there's just urban gorillas here. <laughs> Deal with it. Midtown. The Midtown urban gorillas. The mid- but like, I don't, ex- I don't, I don't like nature. And I don't like uh-huh. how nature can kill us. Yep. And I like having a very cloistered version of life okay i understand that so i yank mabel away from this spider because i like i don't know what it is this web yeah and then just to like just to make sure i like took a closer look at it yep it's a fucking black widow y'all y'all unmistakable hourglass unmistakable red hourglass on its back okay black widows out in these streets just chilling I can't. I I was like in disbelief. And I, you know, it didn't bite her. Even though there were three hours where we were afraid it bite it. And we were looking to see if there were signs. Because this is the thing with Mabel. She'd be putting her nose and stuff. (laughs) Like she's nose first. That's how she experiences the world. So she could put a dang nose on a black widow. I don't know what that black widow going to do. Right. Like, and I don't know. Do they just bite people? Do they have to like land on you? Can you just like walk past it and there's like crunch? Like what happens to happen for them to inject poison in you? Exactly. Exactly. Do they have to feel threatened by you? I did not sleep all night. I know you didn't. Did not sleep all night. And every night since I've had Mabel on the tightest leash, (laughs) given her like maybe about a foot and a half to two feet (laughs) of, of leash on these night walks. And I have this, I have the flashlight just looking at every little corner and I got to tell you, Naomi, it is like fucking arachnophobia out there. There is a new, I'm like, oh, what's that? That's a yellow sack spider? Like, there is a new poisonous spider on the wall of every oh, God. house as we pass Lord, it. Lord, he becoming an entomologist, y'all. He out here getting details now. You say yellow sack. I said I ain't even heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. know. the street. The, it's. I mean, look, I am the person who regularly, when we do see a spider in our house, I'm like, Andrew, I need you to come here and kill it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even get close to them. It is my problem. Other bugs, I can get close to to end them. Yeah. But I cannot. So, like, I understand. And I'm just so happy that you, one, like, had the flashlight. You saw it. You got her. And, like, you're both in one piece because, you know, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I cannot. And definitely had PTSD from that Black Widow. Like, anything, like... I, not even anything that that moved in our apartment, but like that night, like I would walk from the, like to go to the bathroom. It's like four in the morning or something like that, and I saw like a knot in the like wood yes. fake wood of our floor, <laughs> and I I'm like ah, like right. it was. Re- I'm just like oh god, I got PTSD from just this little thing. I like know. I definitely wouldn't like do well in war. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if, we if like if like. Not even like a- actually interacting with a black widow, just like walking near one mm-hmm. has like enchanted my mind. Enchanted with, with demons from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> like just think of like what real trauma would have done to my. Oh head. my god! Well, thank God you're a survivor, and thank God you are with us because I think people need to know that you dropped the harm album. <laughs> and they need to be able to engage with that. They need to yes. be able to engage. Yes. My old Casio pop band, we recorded an album that was supposed to be released on like this indie label in 2001. And instead we broke up and all went to like grad school and other stuff. And we rediscovered the album on our hard drives in the depths of quarantine. 
And it's like, oh, this is still really good. So it's out now. It's, it's out, out now. On Bandcamp, you can get it for five bucks. You can get it streaming on this on this uh, label called, I can't even pronounce it, but my friend Luke has a label. I thought and you were going to say Spotify. <laughs> you were like, it's streaming on, a, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Spotify? Spotify. Uh, no, it's streaming wherever you get your streaming needs from. <laughs> yep, wherever your streaming needs are met. Apple, Tidal, I'm sure, whatever. Tidal. <laughs> so you could do that. And also, you know, speaking of things that we're out here doing that you could partake in, on August 12th, I will be back at Largo again. Yes, you guys, your girls get getting a little monthly show going at Largo. So that is August 12th, 8.30 p.m. I'm putting together another bomb-ass lineup. You should come through if you haven't. Sarah Silverman is going to be on the show. Yes, that Sarah Silverman. So it is going to be fun. I'm also bringing through Megan Gailey from my I Love a Lifetime movie podcast. Have you heard that one? And what I'm saying is I'm giving you the best, all right? I'm giving you a respite. I'm giving you joy, love, and laughter. And speaking of joy, love, and laughter, you know we got a Patreon as well. We just did something... New and special, yes, I would say. I would say you special know, is correct. Usually the Patreon, you know, $5, two extra episodes a month. It's usually just Naomi and myself yes. kind of just like hashing it out, getting into getting it. Getting right? into it, keeping you up to date, giving you more than we can give you in a 10-minute intro. Right. Uh, giving you a, a peek behind the sick curtain of showbiz sometimes. Yes. Uh, but we did something new. We had on a guest for the first time our good friend, Bridger Weinecker, who you yes. might know from an earlier episode. Or his of, podcast, I Said No Gifts. Yes. Um and we dissected what can only be the jam of the decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The jam of the decade while also being a specific holiday jam. Yes. All right? So it's like this holiday jam that is year-round. Yes. At least in our lives. And of course, we're talking about the song Mrs. Claus. Right. By <laughs> Tiffany Alvord and Tiffany Houghton. <laughs> brought to us by Bridger. Okay, so we had to have Bridger on. I was like, how did this happen? How could you do this to me? Thank you for doing this to me. Yeah. And it's a beautiful app. We have a really great time. So if you want to check out the Patreon, now would be a great time to join and also tons of back episodes. But patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Ooh, baby. And oh, boy, today's guest. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't even have the words. I'm so enamored of today's guest. I know. Uh, for, for decades now. Yeah. You know, Mr. Show was yep. one of the reasons why I wanted to get into comedy in the first place. Mm-hmm. And in fact, today's guest, Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. Not only a player on the Mr. Show show. The Mr. Show show. <laughs> with Bob and David. And also, I think, a writer on a couple, on the first couple seasons. Uh, but then his stand-up special, Driven to Drink, mm-hmm. which came out a little bit after that, also kind of cemented. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. Yes. And then since then, just like everything I mean, hello, he's done. Hello, he's everywhere. He's giving us constant joy and laughter. Yeah. You and I bonded uh, early on our relationship over uh, a stand-up special of his. Yep. On Comedy Central that he talks about in this episode. Of course, Threedom. Yeah. You know I mean? The Stay F. Homekins yes. uh, podcast. You know, he is the podcast king. He's the podcast king. I would say him and Lauren Lapkus, king and queen. And um, But I mentioned in this how like I was kind of scared of Paul. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of give a little bit of context to the listener of why I might be scared of Paul or why I might be scared of Bob Odenkirk, as I also mentioned in this. My first job out here in Hollywood is writing on the Pete Holmes show. Mm-hmm. And I loved Pete's podcast at the time. Yep. And they loved my sketches that I'd written for them. You know, I went in there being like, oh, they love my writing. Yep. I'm going to become Pete's friend. I'm going to be on You Made It Weird. We're going to become <laughs> friends. Instead, uh, 
I don't think he, I could say he hated me. Strong word, but. <laughs> I don't think hate is the yeah, right term. Yeah. I think it's a little strong. But I think, uh, in general, uh, did not like me <laughs> as a human being. <laughs> It was not interested in, in me. And I think I've carried that kind of fear with me. Right. And so anyone who I'm, I'm like, uh, who I am standing, yeah. let's say, yeah. <laughs> ever since that very first interaction or very first kind of experience, I think I've been a little wary. Like, you know, what if Paul hates me? What if like yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. to know me and he's just like, oh, this doofus, <laughs> this drip. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Don't meet your heroes or the opposite of heroes because they're comedians. But which is weird because Paul could not be more warm, could not be more kind-hearted. I, just a generous laugher in general. I mean, quite honestly, they're gonna hear it in the episode. Okay, <laughs> so that's why I have to say, without further ado, listen to our wonderful episode with Paul F. Tompkins. Roll it. <laughs> I just need the listeners to know. Let me tell you what happened. Paul, he put on a spectacle. He took in the line, took off the spectacle, and said, I've got it. And said, I've got it. I imagined in, in your mind, you were marking up your script with an emotion. Exactly. Saying like, okay. I yeah, crossed out all the punctuation, of course. Absolutely. That's the first thing Absolutely. I do. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make nope. it your own. <laughs> I wrote a script once where the director was like, I wrote in ums. I like writing in ums because I feel like that's how people actually talk. And he's like, get rid of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, well, you got to learn. Was this, um, Andy, like a, a sort of mammoth kind of thing where like you have to say the um exactly <laughs> where I put it? Yeah, yeah. To, yes, I, that's an, uh, I wrote that as a parenthetical. In every mm-hmm. bit of dialogue was like, you must say this exactly like this. That's got to add pages to the script, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was over 300 pages for wow. a half hour. Yeah, yeah. Just because of the parentheticals. Yeah, yeah just because of the parentheticals. <laughs> Even Amy Sherman Palladino looked at me and shook her head. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, a ref. And Paul, you do the ref. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. Paul, I want to talk. Okay. Uh, okay, get into it. There's Andy. so many reasons we want to have you on, obviously. <laughs> We love you. A lot of other. I Adore, mean, hysterical, an icon among us. Mm-hmm. Um, from one Pennsylvania silly boy to another Pennsylvania <laughs> silly boy. Fellow <laughs> uh-huh. PSBs. Yes. I, I find a lot of, of consonants in you. I, I, uh, I, I live inside a small chamber in your heart. Because um, <laughs> <and laughs> uh, you're from Mount Airy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm from Reading. And I went to grad school. Go Fightins. <laughs> the Reading Fightins. That's right. I would wear Fightins gear to school, mm. and the kids the kids would beat me up, <laughs> even though they were also in Reading. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, they you're like, trying too hard. They, yeah, yeah they like a self uh, yeah, <laughs> self loathing yeah. attack. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's Pennsylvania for you. But I okay. So <laughs> I have this theory that Pennsylvania creates a a kind of dampening effect for your emotions. There's a repression mm. in the air. And I don't know, it could it could be just me and my friends. But that's why I'm curious. I always like talking to other people from Pennsylvania. Well I think it could be the, the you know the Amish pallor, the German energy, right? Just over the whole yeah. state. The whole state. People underestimate their influence, the Pennsylvania Dutch. Hello. Yeah. But from Scranton to Altoona to our state capital of Harrisburg, 
the grayest city in the world. Those beards and wide brim hats cast a long shadow. <laughs> the long shadow. <laughs> I. It's hard for me to, to say because I was always an extremely emotional kid um, and and young adult for all the time that I lived in Pennsylvania. Um, that really hasn't changed. I don't know why I, I just uh, <laughs> shrunk it to that time period. <laughs> I live out loud and in three uh, different colors. <laughs> um, but uh, but I know what you mean. I remember um, uh, realizing how far back my depression went um, when I was in I was I briefly lived in uh, New York for a job and I was going home to Philadelphia, I think to do a stand-up gig and uh, I took the train from New York down to Philly and Looking at, you know, when you get to that part of the train journey where you're seeing people's backyards and it's winter and it's just like that yellow, frozen, stiff grass. And it took me back to how I felt when I was a kid uh, going through winters there. And I was like, oh, I've, al I've always felt this way. I, <laughs> I didn't realize that, I've, that this, is, this is a lifelong condition. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I okay. So this is my theory, though. I felt the same way. I think I I was also a very emotional yeah. child, and then I it tamped down because I think all of the cues I was getting from everyone else was like uh, reel it in a bit, boy. That's for sure the truth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, my babysitter went to England and brought me back a Union Jack little cap thing that I mm -hmm. loved because I idolized my babysitter and so and I wore it everywhere and then someone at recess in sixth grade yanked it off my head and I wept yeah. and that's that was like oh this is embarrassing at this yeah. point well Maybe but they I embarrassed you right like it's like to be like give me my like because I get what it is to be like give me my shit back you very mean unnecessarily mm -hmm. mean child but yeah. then if ever but then like if you cry and then people are like What's your fucking problem? Then yeah. it yes. tells you this is not okay. Well, it was rage and weeping. It was like because I then attacked him, so there was also okay. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and that's and that was the. I'm just like, well, this is not, and I don't. It was not a conscious thing. It was just a like. Uh, I don't like how everyone's looking at me. I think <laughs> unarticulated. Like, this is strange. Let's not do this again. I remember once in I think I was in like um, seventh or eighth grade. And I got in a in a fight with a with a friend of mine. That's just a thing that happens. It's so sure. weird that suddenly you're having a physical fight with with your friend. <laughs> and uh, we got so we we were we were getting this big argument, and um, I shoved him. Now he was he was a skinny kid, so like he went far when I shoved him. Mm -hmm. And then he came back and he was furious, and he like punched me in the chest, Ooh. and the punch was so weak that I it made me instantly sad, sad and I and I started crying and I like turned away and it's like you know and of course everybody started ridiculing me and it's like you can't say like no my fellow uh, colleagues you don't understand uh, I'm crying at the the absurdity of all of this the empathy you were yeah. like I feel sad for the punch yeah, for his because the punch represented your friend's existence and you're like oh that is yeah. he is every his entire the totality yeah. of his being is in this punch and it is so weak and yeah that is how he lives his life because I knew I was not a tough kid. 
but I but I realized like, oh, I could demolish this kid. <laughs> I could I could destroy him if I if I chose to. <laughs> and it was just all too it was all too sad. Yeah. It was Velchmerz. <laughs> For, yeah. for in that moment, oh, the, the weariness of the world, Naomi. It oh, is that what Veltschmerz yes. is? See, yes. this is Pennsylvania, honey. You're bringing me German words. <laughs> you're bringing me the Dutch, the Pennsylvania Dutch, the German town to you're bring, the conversation. You're bringing me that red birch beer that I crave. <laughs> <laughs> but now, here's my question. You know, as you're saying, you know, obviously you being this sensitive kid and also empathetic, how does that manifest in relationships like crushes and you know dating and you know did you do that when you were in high school and college or was that like later later this is like me just (laughs) terrible i my thing was i didn't have a a girlfriend until i was a junior in high school and so not like not even close and and i would just have a crush on a girl i would pine away for her forever mm-hmm. until the until the next one like whoever uh-huh. whoever broke that spell was now i was now in the thrall of this other person and you know like as i it only got worse as i got older in terms of me making it that person's problem you know what i mean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was i was mm-hmm. terrible i was terrible i was like a real pathetic annoying <laughs> 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 like just fucking annoying <laughs> um, and I, I think of how much, what a, what, like what a pest I was and how, how, how all these, when I look back on it, all these, these girls and young women that had to be so patient with mm. me and, um, you know, it was very few women, I, in my experience that were able to draw a hard line and just like cut it off and say, no, this is unacceptable and we're not going to do this. You know, um, were you was like a handful of these people? Or were these all sometimes, like sort of just sometimes? Okay. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was it was bad. I was I was really I I not only did not have the tools, but I also I I had the um, uh, the the terrible like um, uh, entitlement uh, that uh, a a cishet white man is raised with that you don't even you don't even realize it. It's not like somebody was telling me. Like, look, here's here's the way it is for for men. Here's what we're entitled to, and blah blah blah. It was just like, I, honestly, it was like movies. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was like all the shit that's around us that just says this is how you behave, in the absence of somebody telling you otherwise. You know what I mean? And when I look back at it now, it's it's grim, and it's like, <laughs> wow, that's that's that. I can't believe that I was the same person. You know, and that and that nobody, man, I wish there had been somebody that could have been a figure in my life to tell me this is not this is not right. And this is this is to somebody to give me a glimpse of how the world could work as opposed to as opposed to saying, like, this is how it is. Somebody saying this is how it could be, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I even like the if if somebody did that in a subtle way, I couldn't hear it. Like I needed right. somebody, I needed somebody to fucking sit me down and say, "Hey, you got to knock knock this shit off." Was it just like because for me, I repressed all those feelings, all the crushes, and mm-hmm. then um, I just stayed as far away from people as possible. Uh, until, that, it's a, that's okay. Not, this is a, honestly, Andy, sounds like a good move. <laughs> 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 I wish we had known each other back. 
because I just couldn't. It's the same. Honestly, Paul, I uh, we've seen each other uh, socially a couple times, and I've stayed far. Like after like uh, saying hello and like uh, you know a couple sentences, I've been like, uh, I must stay as far away. It's the same thing. I was at a party, a small party, and Bob Odenkirk was there, and I I figured out the mathematical farthest point distance, away yes. I could stand yes, yes. to not interact because it was so terrifying and well that's it, the right move that's that's <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like funny it's like i understand that impulse and i think for me because it's not because i used to be a very shy very self-conscious kid mm-hmm. i used to like a, a tiny example but like for instance if you were at a restaurant and you know they would have like a buffet or like a salad bar where you'd have to go up I was, like, afraid to go alone. I was convinced everyone in the restaurant was looking at me. Like, I was just really afraid. Can you like, imagine can people, you imagine? like, sitting in a restaurant, somebody goes up to the salad bar, like, oh, oh, oh look, look, look. Look at her. <laughs> look at her. Look at all those bacon bits. That's not a salad. Was it just a plate of bacon bits? <laughs> I, I could it, go for that right now. I mean, it could have been. It could have been if I was left to my own devices. But I, I had this fear of sort of, like, being... I'm sorry. Being seen. I was, sorry. Can I just no, say? I was imagining it. you at the supermarket, and the cart is just filled with bacon. <laughs> it's just you just swept your arm at the bacon, and, and just, just put it all in supermarket yeah. sweep style. Yeah. And there's like a disco song playing, by the way. While you're because I'm feeling myself. Yeah. I said it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> I got the energy. I got my bacon. But t- but like that kind of like that that repression and and like i'm gonna st- stay a far away from people who i like well a fear Does of that... people period that's a, f- sure. like a fear Not... of people but like i don't know i could talk with people i hated <laughs> okay well that's different. because there's okay. no stakes it's like who gives right. a shit <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah it, and, it is the yeah. fear of it's the fear of blowing it it's the fear of saying the exact wrong thing it's the fear of seeing you reflected in that yes. person's eyes oh, that it's like oh God, this yes. this is how people see me i knew yes, it yes, yes, yes. Oh! <laughs> yep. yes yep yes yeah. that was a that was a howl of recognition <laughs> yeah. well i mean it but it's just interesting because i hear you guys will talk about this where it's like i was the the pining the pining girl and i also feel like i'm like there's some there's some dudes where i was like i almost wish i could make an amends or write something where i'm like I realized oh, yeah. I came in a little too hot, and that yeah, might be yeah, a lot yeah. of pressure to put on an 18-year-old boy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the pressure you put on a person. But I do think that um, it is, it's interesting the way it's, it's received and recognized, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like a girl pining is like, well, that's your gender, sure. Exactly. Don't write a poem, stand by a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? When, when you talk about like, you know, being a young, a young guy where you were like, there was no one to tell me. If only mm-hmm. we had been Victorians. If only it was Victorian. If only you had a fainting couch. I mean, you know that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> to take to your just, bed, Paul? Just from a, just from to... a, no, just from a style perspective. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I wish, I wish top hats would be normalized again. <laughs> we have to get you a penny farthing. <laughs> Isn't that the big, the big bicycle? Yes, okay, yeah. that's okay. right. <laughs> that was great. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, but I do think it's like when someone tells you, but now, okay, you talk about this, you know, when did you start to get the boundary? Are we talking in our 20s? You meet some adults who are like, sir, you know what I mean? I, I'm going to I'm gonna push it a little bit later than that. Okay. And uh, okay. I, I didn't start going to therapy until 2002. And it was because of a, just a calamitous, I, I fell in love with a friend of mine and, um, you know, I had to, of course, make it. 
a big grand gesture and all that and it confessed my feelings and <clears throat> it was it was terrible it ended the the mm. the friendship un- unfortunately not immediately but we like limped along trying to make it happen well she was like trying to just uh, uh retain the friendship uh for like a year year and a half something like that and then it just all came to a head she's like i can't i'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore i can't do it anymore this is a drag and you know um and it was really a it sent me into a deep uh uh depression and i was like Man, I don't think I have a handle on this. I don't think I know. I, I, you know, I was always one of those people who's like, I know myself, and I'm like, I don't think I do. And I think it's time to, um, you know, seek uh, professional help. And <clears throat> that was terrifying because yeah. never been to therapy, was not raised with the idea of it, and was, you know, it's that thing of like, you know, why am I afraid of this? And the reason is, uh, you know, ostensibly the reason is. What if I find out something weird about myself? What if I find out that there's a there's something really wrong with me? Wow. But the real reason is, of course, and it took me years to realize this, was this is the only way I've known how to be. And I don't know who I am if I'm not this, which yeah. also, yeah. which admittedly sucks, but it is the it is the only thing that I know. And yeah. um, you know, I I had to that was like the the most I think the most courageous thing I've ever done in my life was to go to therapy that that first time. Did you choose it on your own or was someone like, hey, you should probably try therapy? If anyone said that to me, I'm sure I blocked it out. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was, I think it, it was, it, I definitely uh, arrived at it on my own. And I think knowing people, um, and that, that is one of the, the things that was a benefit to living out here that I did not expect is that, it's normal and you mm. you know people who go to therapy and you're like, oh well that person's not a weirdo like I was led to like I was sort of you know uh, uh, led to understand you know without it being said that that's like you go there if there's something wrong with you yes, yes and yes. it's like well there's something wrong with everybody it turns out and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know and so I I I really, uh, I lucked out in that the first person I saw became my therapist, like uh, somebody who was from a similar background to mine, who um, was uh, a little bit older than me. So they had been where I had been Mm -hmm. um, in in many senses. And so um, I saw her for about, God, I want to say like 15 years, something like that. And absolutely changed my life. Absolutely changed my life until I, I felt like I kind of hit a wall where I was, I was saying the same things, but I wasn't, nothing was making a difference. Um, but, uh, but medication helped. Like I went on antidepressants, um, and that was a huge, uh, a huge turning point for me was like, uh, and that was another thing that was really scary because, it was the idea of I, you know, now taking a pill. Like, what's I that going to do to I me? Know. And, you, yeah. you know, yeah. But again, I had a friend who, like, totally normalized it for me. Somebody that I, uh, I thought was a, um, you know, uh, uh, a really intelligent but emotionally uh, and also emotionally intelligent person who was, I thought, a very. What I loved about her, uh, past sense, we're still friends. But what I, mm-hmm. one of the things that I loved about her was that. She was not afraid to have emotions, but was but it was also very pragmatic and talked about her feelings in a in a normal 
uh, dispassionate way. Like, hmm. this is a part of who I am. This is a part of life is that I have, uh, I have, um, you know, some, uh, like, I have uh, uh, emotional problems that I'm dealing with. And I was like, wow, okay, if this, if she could do it and talk about it in this way, I, it makes me less afraid of it because mm-hmm. she's, she's reducing it to, it's a medical thing. Like you, you, yeah. you do this thing, it levels you out. It doesn't make you into a different person. It just, it just, it takes the, um, the edges off the highs and lows so that you can fucking think straight. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that sounds good to me, you know? And I was like, when I, when I find, you know, it took, it took a while to, you, you know, having to go into it saying like, okay, I'm not necessarily going to like luck into the right dose right away. It's going to be experiment, experimental figuring out what the thing is. And then I found it and it, it, it really, it helped so much um, and then, uh, you know, tried to, I went off it for a little bit and everything was fine for a while. And then situationally depression can happen. And I was like, okay, well now I know that that's an option. I can go back on, I could talk to my therapist and go back on antidepressants. And it's like, just knowing that these things are, it's not, it's, it's not defining you as a person and it's also not um, a permanent, necessarily a permanent thing that stays the same way forever. That it's like, it's okay to to have dips and to figure it out and to you know try different things. Um, and that that there's no, there's not only there's no shame in it, but it's completely normal and it's fucking science. It's just science, right? But now, here's a question. You know, you talk about being very emotional, but there is a difference between very emotional and communicative and Mm -hmm. um, being also able to express, you know, what you're actually feeling and why. Yeah. Did you already have those tools before you got into therapy? No, I did not. (laughs) Okay, because that's not... (laughs) Absolutely not. This was... Like, I feel like Andy was somebody where it's like, I could tell a really appreciable difference in the fact that he learned how to say... Mm-hmm. This is what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. like therapy gave me like a bunch of like um, uh, flashcards with emotions on them. <laughs> Absolutely, like, yeah. This is when you feel this thing. This is what this is called. And yeah, you, this is the word you should use when you talk to other people. Yeah, and especially you know having a partner and living with someone where I I'm still a very emotional person, and so something will get me something will get me down before I realize that it's happened. And so it's the, it's the retracing your steps. Like, why am I feeling this way? What did I, what did I read or what did I see or what did I remember that's causing this? And so I, I can be extremely moody and then I, I will have to say to my wife, okay, uh, I know I'm being snappy or whatever it is. Here's what, here's what's going on with me. And like, so, so we can stop and take a moment and I can, uh, figure it out, you know, by talking with her, like I'm, I, I woke up and I felt, I just felt sad or I just felt angry and, um, I don't know why. And so to, to just like talk it out and figure out where it's coming from. Um, because I don't want to be the, the person that I was before where it was, I'm feeling something and I have to make it somebody else's problem. Um, or I yep, feel, yeah. I yep. feel bad about, I feel bad about something I've done and I have to make it. My big thing was I can't be wrong here. I have to make it so that somebody else's behavior justifies why oh, I'm being acting. an asshole. Yep. Yes. And it's like, no, that's not the way it works, dude. <laughs> it's not the way it works. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. It, when I realized like how how much better it was to own a bad behavior of mine and to apologize to someone to really mean it. Like when you when you have that 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 presence of mind where you're like, I fucked up here and I have to tell this person I'm sorry that I fucked up and uh, I apologize because I hurt your feelings. I made you sad. I made you angry. Whatever. Uh, that was all on me. Like, it was such a, it, it you know, I, to, not to get into the, like this kind of language because I'm sure it's annoying to someone, but it's cleansing and it's freeing. It's freeing. To, like, it's lighter. It's like yes. literally the ability. Uh -huh. Like, I will say one of the best things, the things with me and Andy where I like, I know we can live for the long haul is mm -hmm. because one, we can fight and one of us, and it'd be like, I'm being a stupid bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Like we can yeah. literally stop it. Absolutely. As opposed to letting it keep going because like, yeah. Cause, cause there are also times too where I'm like, Oh, I've dug in deep and this is not the thing. I, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, arguments used to be struggles to the death for me. It was like, for sure. I, I am right. And if I'm wrong, it's ego, complete ego. 100%. 100%. And, yeah. And even there was even, there were moments and I know this cause I'm not right all the time uh, mm -hmm. where I would recognize I was wrong and I would dig in deeper because I'm like, I have to outlast this person. Oh, you Other know it. When you can, when you have that feeling of like, oh, shit, this is my fault. <laughs> and then you got to like, how do I get out of this one? But but the thing is, what what made me realize this because therapy also helped me understand what empathy really is. And it helped me hone my sense of empathy rather than just like seeing you know like an old lady struggling with groceries you know what i mean it's like that's not what it is it's it's <laughs> it, it is it is putting yourself in the position of somebody else and saying that person is probably suffering because we're all suffering to varying degrees and to varying degrees day by day and mm -hmm. to understand to like give somebody a fucking break because it's like you know what this guy's probably having a harder day than i am and i gotta i gotta cut him some slack because of course I've been there. You know what I mean? I've been behind that fucking cash register and it sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like things like that. Um, I've been I've been like having a shitty day and then I'm just trying to park my car and then some guy's not looking and I have to honk and everything. And it's like when you're when you're you're the other car and that guy's like screaming at you, it's like, okay, dude. What <laughs> this was like a very simple misunderstanding. And to realize, like, oh man, I, this is this is the latest thing that's happening in this guy's day that is not going right. And right. I'm just gonna I'll I'll take the L on this one and be like, so sorry, sorry, yeah, uh, and yeah. back out or whatever. Um, but realizing this that this is not about this. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Go, this is not about this. And exactly. you can kind of let it happen. And there's like, for me, I think my next frontier is like saying that to someone. Like when you're in mm -hmm. a public space and a stranger, someone goes, and they go off on you for something. You're like, this is not about this. Yeah. But just go in this direction. How you often does that yeah. happen to you? People are so rude all the time for no reason. <laughs> it's very true. People are very impatient, I think, what it is, <laughs> yeah. too. And yeah, so yeah, that yeah. sometimes somebody, you know, if they're just in the mood. And again, it's like, it's about your mood. There's some mm -hmm. moods where you're like, I can stand here and wait or I can do whatever. And other times where it's like, get out of the way. You yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this ain't about this. I this mean, the be. bigger, the bigger, I feel like the bigger the population in an area, the more people are are likely to be having a shitty day. And mm. then the people are going to be crossing paths, you know, because there's more... I don't know. There's just more obstacles in your way. There's more. There's more voices out there. There's more noise, and it's like 
you know, I am trying to just navigate my stupid little life. And now, <laughs> you know, now this happens. You know what I mean? Now this guy didn't see there was a line and he walks in front of me, you know, whatever. Um, but but realizing like that, what, what I the conclusion I came to is that so much of the the problems that we have in this world, especially in this country, are fueled by. Nobody wants to feel like the bad guy. No one wants to feel like they've done something wrong. And so if you're presenting someone with the idea that this choice that you support uh, impacts me and it makes my life worse, that other person, that's like depending on your emotional maturity intelligence... That makes all the difference whether you can hear that or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference being to hear that and say, you know what? I didn't realize that. Thank you for telling me. And now I know. Versus, no, you're wrong. And here's what you're doing. You know, that, like, the, the whole idea of what we're living through right now in this country, it really, to me, comes down to, so many people don't want to feel like they're the bad guy. And so they have to justify their oppression of someone else by being about this greater thing. And it's like, that's not really what it's about. And you, I think like a lot of people know that too. Just like, just like when you're in that argument where it's like, I can't be wrong here because that, ref- that means something about me. Mm-hmm. That means I'm a bad person if I'm wrong about this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are living their lives right now that are f- that are gladly fucking up somebody else's life because they don't want to feel like retroactively right. they have been the bad person. Right. Paul, are you saying I was a bad person for screaming at my evangelical girlfriend in college about <laughs> evolution and how and yelling facts about evolution at her? Are you saying I was wrong for doing that (laughs) see this is the twist Andy you were the right person in that instance and she was wrong because evolution is a real thing (laughs) Uh, I I still don't think I should have been using the uh, the entirety of my uh, my class on evolution to uh, to stand there and disprove her well that's why to me I'm like you should have been dating you know what I'm saying I'm like you're wrong like how you gonna date somebody who don't believe in evolution well everything else was she liked death cab for cutie you know Right. Other That's things. all you needed. Exactly. That's all you needed back then. My my boyfriend is going to hell for not accepting Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But okay. So through this whole process, because this is, I'm, I'm curious. Like everything you've said, pretty much mirrors my experience. You feel it in your bones. Yeah. 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 In the marrow. <laughs> in the marrow. Oh, um, that's that, that. That's that Keystone feeling. That's that Keystone <laughs> feeling, baby. Oh, that Keystone feeling. It's a good. T- is, it, is there a T-shirt? Because there should be a T-shirt. That's a good Keystone feeling. <laughs> This is what I'm very curious about. Both your like creative life. I don't even need necessarily to talk about like the career stuff, but just your actual like relationship with creating things and your relationship with other people, friends, and also um, uh, girlfriends. Right? How did that change through this whole process? Right. So oh, that's a lot too. Because how it's do you a, adjust yeah. accordingly. Because is it Absolutely. like is this stuff like really like infusing into you and then changing all these other? Parts of your life, one hundred percent. It made me a better comedian for sure because I was able to. It it made me a better writer because I was a better thinker and I was able to talk about things that um, uh, I normally wouldn't be able to figure out a way to make that funny on stage because it was about feelings and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
it got me to the point where I'm like, oh, everybody feels this way sometimes. Everybody has these moments. And so a big turning point for me was doing an hour of material about um, about various jobs. And some of those were show business jobs. Yeah. And it was like, well, how do I make this relatable to people? And I realized it's the emotional it's the emotional uh, uh, aspect of it that's the way in. So that mm-hmm. taking something that's not a universal story, but making it universal because of the feelings, and 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 saying everyone's been in this, everyone's been in a situation where they're nervous around something. Everyone's been in a situation where they feel like they're in over their heads. Everyone's uh, been in a situation where they um, uh, have had a, an embarrassing moment at their job, and that's how I can make. Um, these stories make sense to other people without it just being like a weird, like here's a showbiz story that happened to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also obviously, you know, it made me, I got better at relationships. Like I, the, the first time I had one of those crushes where I pined away for the person um, and it wasn't going to work out, the, <laughs> the time that it took me to go through that process shrank mm-hmm. um and that was like the first indication like oh i'm different now like uh-huh. i i i understand myself better and i understand things better and then the first relationship i had after that was like um it was not a long relationship but i was able to understand uh my feelings in the relationship better i was able to talk to the other person better and then by the time i met my uh when my wife and i got together um, it was like, we, we've, I don't know if you guys relate to this, but we fought way more at the beginning of our relationship than we did, uh, the, at, wow, than yes. we, then when it got serious mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, this is all about, um, because we have these strong feelings for each other, it's about boundaries and it's about defining yourself and where do I end and where does the other person begin? Yes. And wow. like, you're yes. figuring all that yep. shit out as you're yelling at each other, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> yes. and, uh, oh. and you know, it gave me the, it gave me the, the tools, um, and the, the emotional intelligence and maturity to have, um, a deep committed relationship where I'm saying I'm going to commit to this person fully and we're going to get married and we're going to, we're, we're saying that we are partners and mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's like if I hadn't gone to therapy, I would not, I would right. not be here talking to you guys. You know, no this way. wouldn't be, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all, you know? Right, 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 right. Definitely. What? I mean, this is a counterfactual, but like, what do you think would have happened if you hadn't <laughs> gone to therapy? Man, I mean, I I probably would be a full blown alcoholic, you know. Like, uh, I, I I mean, that's that's definitely where I was headed for sure. And um, it it took it took me looking inward and figuring things out to change that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think of you as such a warm, friendly person. Is that the result of, as you're saying, kind of as you start to realize we're all struggling? Is that what sort of that came from? Or like, were you always kind of like a, you know, a friendly man about town? Like, that's Paul, you know? I, I was a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde because I I, I could be friendly and, and warm. And, uh, you know, I've always I've always maintained, um, you know, good friendships, warm friendships, close friendships where you can talk about whatever. But I could also be. I could also be a jerk to people if I was convinced that somehow I was being wronged. Um, and if I didn't, if I didn't think about it too much and, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, 
rude or mean to people um, in in ways that I, I cringe when I think about now because I wouldn't I just would not do that today. Like I absolutely would not. Give an example not, of what would kind of make you turn the, on somebody. The first thing that comes to mind is I was uh, booked on a show. Uh, it was like an indie show at at some you know back. This was this was big in I want to say the the early aughts like the early to mid early aughts, mm-hmm. um, where people were just doing shows. It still happens. People just doing shows in places that shouldn't be doing shows. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Very so funny. there was this there was this space that was in an office <laughs> an office building. Oh lord! Um, there was like a theater in an office building, right? And it was a weird little black box theater, um, and. I was doing this show. I was I was booked on the show. I was just going to do some stand up, and so it was hosted by this really lovely young woman who, you know, uh, was just trying to have a fun and spontaneous show. And somehow, like I felt like, the, the, as was the case with a lot of these shows, too many people were booked uh-huh. on the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, this, it's good to know this show, yeah, <laughs> nothing has changed. Shows don't need to be two hours. Exactly. They don't need to be two hours. No, no. So, if you have an um, intermission, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. And so this this woman that was hosting the show, who was like very sweet, never anything but nice to me, um, like at one point during the show, I had not gone up yet, and um, uh, something spontaneous was happening, and she, like, I can't remember what it is she wanted to do, but... Um, it, it in my mind it was like this is extending the show and I don't uh-huh. want to be here and I'm too good for this or whatever, <laughs> and I called out yeah let's make it longer oh no <laughs> and her fucking face fell and oh. I knew inside me I I was wrong yeah but I spent so much time after that because it haunted me it yeah. haunted me and yeah. I spent so much time after that. Honest to God, this this is back in the days when I would think about things. They would keep me up at night. I would I would um, uh, um, ruminate, um, and I would think about that, and I would justify to myself why it was okay that I did that, <laughs> and why she was wrong to be yep. hurt by it. <laughs> and it's like, it's like no, I was that was that was such a mean. Yeah. thing to do yeah. and so there was no justification for it it was just flat out a mean thing to do because i was inconvenienced by a thing that i had agreed to do and you know like there were there were instances like that where i bailed on people at the last minute where you know a, a lot of stuff like that where i realized you know realized later like that was absolutely absolutely unacceptable and I should not have done that. And I was rude to those people. I was mean to those people. And I let those people down. And if I didn't want to either, either I should have honored my commitment. I should have, I should have shown up smiling and ready to go uh, and been, you know, rolled with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should not have done it. You know, I yeah. should have done those people the favor of saying, uh, I, I can't do this. Rather, you know, it took, that's a thing that took me so long to figure out. Like, you are doing people a favor by responding to them and saying, I just can't do this. Yeah. You know, I just can't do this. And, you know, it's like, I still struggle with that as, as many emails between us have, have borne out um, (laughs) that it's like, it's a hard thing for me. And and I, I, if you can relate to this, 
like keeping an email in your inbox because you're like, I need to respond to this. Yeah. I for whatever reason I fucking can't do yeah. it right now. I can't type this reply and I can't <laughs> tell you why. But it seems like yeah. this is just this is just <laughs> too okay. it's too overwhelming to me for whatever yes. fucking reason. Yes. To say, hey, uh, got your email. I can't do this right now. Let's do it in the future. I definitely want to do this. You know? Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like when somebody says that to me, I'm like, great. This is this is all you know, either somebody says, honestly, I don't have the fucking bandwidth right now, but I don't want to say no forever. This is something that that does sound fun to me. I just can't get my mind around it right now. Like when somebody writes that to you, that's like, this is fucking great. You know, yeah. like this is this is because it's not only relatable, but it's somebody that's that's taking the time to say, I'm not closing the door on this forever. Yes. You know, wherever I am right now, I, this is just my brain. Sorry. Um, or they just say, like, look, I I I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to do this. You know, I really right. appreciate you asking me, but I just don't know when I'm going to be able to to wrap my mind around this or yes. saying it's not for me. This is the thing I've learned to do because I have such a hard time. Is that it's not for me. I don't respond when my answer is no, you know? Yeah, exactly. for some reason, like, for some reason, if I see, like, an invite to do a show, but I know I have something that night, Mm -hmm. easy for me to go, oh, I can't, I got something else. Exactly. But if the impulse is really, like, I'm not in the mood, I don't want to go to Venice, I don't want to do whatever, (laughs) that, for me, is so much harder to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, is it, for both of you, is it people-pleasy kind of things, or is it, for me, it's just, I'm overwhelmed. The no is so overwhelming to me, to say no to someone. There's something so overwhelming about that that I can't do it. But it's not a people please. I don't care if like like publicist X likes me. (laughs) Yeah, like they don't care one way or the other about me, right? Because it's yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I'm just saying like for me it's overwhelming. But I'm wondering for Naomi uh, uh, and also Paul. I don't know if is it that is it a people pleasy kind of instinct? Like what is the yeah? For me, I think it's it's both people pleasy. But then there's also this other layer where I think I'm every time I say I'm like. Well, you're not dedicated to your work. Uh-huh. You're not actually trying to improve if you're turning down this opportunity to get on stage. So that's right. always just a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think also the thing we talk about this a lot on the pod and like you uh, about me, Andy, you know, my depression manifests such that like I don't have the same bandwidth. I don't have the same energy level as people. Yeah. And so I'm not somebody who can do like a show every night or schlep to a spot. I've now learned like cause that exact thing, like, you know, being on long shows when I agree now, I always say, can I be, can I go up in the yeah. first hour? Yeah. That's what I say yeah, to a yeah, show. Yeah. First hour. Yeah. And Lord knows it should be, it should only be an hour. Somebody in the first too. six hours. I don't think <laughs> I would yeah. like to go, but I asked to go early cause I know that's also me too. Like what it is yeah, to sit there exactly. and wait and you know, it's already going to start late anyway. Yeah. And I've just learned that's how I can do it. And that's how yeah. I can show up and smile and be pleasant because Absolutely. I've told you my parameter before we even started. I think there are things like that that feel they feel rude until you realize no it's not it's it's like you're you're first of all you're never going to find out if if people are going to be accommodating if you don't ask to be accommodated in that way and but I feel like the no Andy it feels huge to say I just don't want to do this. It doesn't feel like a valid enough excuse. And yet yet it is. It is. It's like, look, this is the situation of my life is that 
I'm fucking 53 years old. I I value my my time. I'm not trying to. Yeah. I'm not trying to like work on my um my my this 10 minute set right now. And this if I were, set. yeah. And if I were, I could make my own opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. But it feels like that is such a. It feels harsh. It feels harsh yes, to just yes. flat out say no, and because it, it feels personal, it feels like you're insulting the person. Um, yeah. But but honestly, I, it's a thing that I got to get better at because I do put things off. Some and the thing is, sometimes I put things off that I do want to do, but mm-hmm. I just can't do right now. And sometimes I'm trying to like let. I think I'm trying to let the person know I'm I'm never going to do this, but. <laughs> But I, but usually, but I, I will say sometimes in, in, I will like use the language of, I definitely want to do this. I just can't do it right now. Please ask again, you know? Um, but there, but I've never said to somebody, I don't want to do this. Don't ask me anymore. (laughs) I know. Yes. I know. But this is why I asked that like larger kind of question about like how this process of changing has leaked into the rest of your life because as i've kind of started to learn how to draw professional boundaries i've also started to draw boundaries with my parents for instance Mm -hmm. like we're going to visit them and i've just like said hey this is how this is gonna go and i I i'm saying i didn't say this harshly to them Mm -hmm. uh, but i'm like this is how this visit is gonna go because we don't want to get covid and this is how it's gonna happen and if you're cool with that then we'd love to come visit and it's gonna be great if you can't you know, then it's going to be a shorter visit in X, Y, and Z, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's all kind of like, um, what's the word? Holistic. There's this holistic quality to therapy that's changing like all my kind, all kinds of relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's why for I was sure. wondering if it's the same thing for you, that kind of like process. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, the, the frustrating thing, of course, is that when you make changes like that and you feel changes like that, you feel like, Oh, I did it. And then you forget that it's like, no, you're you're going to have you're still a human being. You're still going to fuck up sometimes, you know. And you know, the frustration of that can sometimes be almost overwhelming where you're like it feels like when it feels like a backslide, when you feel like, "Oh no, I'm I'm turning back into that person I don't want to be anymore." It's it's for me personally, it's very easy to get mired down in that. And then like the self-loathing starts and, you know, um, it leads to, that can lead to really bad habits that are detrimental to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's like one, one misstep can lead to a nihilism of like, uh, I, I can't, yeah, I, I guess I just suck. I, why bother? I suck. You know, I, I thought I could do this. I can't do this. Um, and then the, the, the mantra I try to keep in mind is if I did it once, I can do it again. You know, if mm-hmm. I, if I quit smoking, I can do this other thing. If I, right. if I started exercising, surely I can do this, you know? Um, yeah. and it, it is like, it's, it's a, it has to be an ongoing dialogue with yourself. It has to be an ongoing thing because, life is ongoing and you know it's not going to be nothing's ever going to remain on an even keel especially if you've chosen a fucking chaotic way of life that's like (laughs) you know 
I, you know, yeah. it's just not the way. I mean, if you're if you're lucky enough to be one of the friends, you know what I mean. You get on a job <laughs> that is inex that is somehow you you pressed all the right fucking buttons. Yeah. This thing is a hit. You know you're not. You know what your job is next year, <laughs> right? You know, right. like if you if you know that if you luck into something like that. Then that is like rarefied air. Um, but if you are like just the rest of us, you're 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 a you're a temp worker. You're a, you're a freelancer. Where it's like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going. Grateful. I got to be grateful for the things that I get and um, make opportunities for myself. But also also enjoy what I do and have a love of it and love of the art form instead of just. Um, thinking how am I going to make my insurance, you know, like, yeah. but also saying like, I love what I do and I would do it for free, you know, like that becomes, that becomes a, a, a harder thing I found the older I get where it's like, that's the, that's the feeling that I'm chasing and I want to get that back of like, man, I love doing this. And of course, like when you're on stage, uh, when you're actually doing the thing, it is easier to have that love because those are there are transformative moments in there where you're like man this this is this is the feeling that i remember this transcendence of me having a connection with an audience me doing a thing that worked the way that i wanted it to work me discovering a new thing that i didn't think was going to mm -hmm. happen and the joy and the satisfaction in that and it's like that's what it's all about and it's it's very easy to forget that when you're like I have to make a car payment or, uh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, I have to like, I, I want this, I want this article of clothing, but it's like, I can't justify it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now we, we don't have a lot of time, but I just feel like we're sitting here with an enlightened King and it, we, you know, we, we would be remiss if we did not answer yeah. at least one, at question, least one question from a, from a, from a delicate listener. All right. Why okay. Don't we, why don't we take a Finally, quick solicited <laughs> advice. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with Paula Tompkins Henning, who's out here telling us about doing the work. How you got to do it. You got to keep doing it. And quit complaining. 
if it's getting a little too hard. <laughs> well, and I need it to be rhyme. It really does feel like Paul is telling me some things that almost feel personal, uh, direct. Yeah. Uh, you know, not an attack, but a pointed lesson I needed to hear today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some way, Paul, you are the apotheosis of us. <laughs> <laughs> we needed it. We needed it. And please, it. please okay. no. It's like I need this right now too. And it's like all this shit is me talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want? Okay, here's the thing. There's a, a question here that's on theme. I think hmm. we do the on theme. On theme. Yeah. All right, I think we, so. Yeah, we're here on we a roll. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Naomi. Hey Andy. Um, I'm calling in because I, I don't know. I need some advice. I can go fuck so myself. So I. Um, did attempt to call before, but I'm so long-winded. I probably should have just sent an email. But anyway, um, my husband of four years has come to me just recently and said that he uh, is feeling really burnt out in our relationship, and he, you know, he wants things to change um, because if they don't, he wants a divorce. Um, that obviously, like is a scary thought and a really sad thought and yikes, you know, but I do know what he means when he says he's burnt out. I, you know, I have really taken the back seat on our relationship uh, and in life really. Um, he does everything. He cooks, he cleans, he, you know, he, he does a lot of those things. And I, and I know that we are supposed to be a team and I'm supposed to be a part of it. I'm supposed to be living this life along with him. I just unfortunately struggle with depression. And um, it's really hard to do even the most basic things sometimes, getting out of bed every day. Um, like, I feel like I got work down. Like, I can get out of bed at 4.30 and get to work and come home. But, like, once that is required, like, that is the things that are required of me are done, I, I'm done almost feeling, but, um, yeah, I, I think also naturally I'm just like not a clean freak <laughs> and he, he is, uh, he likes things clean and I'm not, but I hate doing dishes. I'll do laundry, but I won't put the laundry away. I'll fold it in, but yeah. So I feel like he, what he's saying, or I know for a fact that what he's saying is I don't want to be the only one cleaning and cooking and like running this household. <laughs> totally fair. Um, so yeah, I, I know that you guys have said that about your, your own relationship that Andy kind of cleans and likes doing things a certain way. And Naomi, you, you perhaps are like, I'll be, I'll do it, but it may be just the way I do it, whatever the case may be. Um, how do you guys get, how did you guys get to that point? How do you guys, I don't know. I guess maybe I just need a swift kick in the ass, really. Maybe I just need to just do the work. <laughs> I hate doing, I hate cleaning. That's my problem. Anyway, let me know what you think uh, or give me some advice. Maybe I'm just being lazy cuss. But that does stem from my childhood, I will say. I was, I was not taken care of. And so when I got into a relationship that I felt like I was being taken care of, um, I... Oh, okay, cut, cut hit off. the three-minute mark. You cut hit the three-minute three mark, minutes. but we, you gave us a lot She called it. That we she did work. call it. She said she was long-winded. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whew, I mean, we were all kind of nodding, shaking our mm -hmm. heads, really uh -huh. feeling this in our bones. Paul, first thoughts? I mean, that... Boy, I relate so hard to that feeling of... 
I'm going. To, I only can summon the energy to do this thing that I'm required to do. Mm -hmm. Like I have to show up at this place or it's a problem. I have to make this phone call or it's a problem. If I can put anything else off, I'm going to do it because I just don't have the fucking strength. Mm -hmm. I get that so much. I The big thing that was missing for me from this call is, are you treating your depression? Is there anything that you're doing? Is there someone you're talking to? Um, because if you're not, that is step one. Is you have right. to find you have to find something. And I and look, it's not easy. It's not it's not easy. And um, therapy is it can be hard to find. It can be expensive. But you gotta at least make you gotta at least find make the make the effort to find something to see yes. what's out there because yes. you can't do it by yourself. You just can't do it by yourself. You know and. Um, it's it's <laughs> I don't think you're just being a lazy cuss. I think that um, <laughs> I think that I think that you have a, 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 a classic um, depression that needs to be treated in some way. Yep. And, um, you know, that's if you're if you are doing that, um, then if you're already doing that, then I, I guess you got to figure out. What needs to be changed up in yeah. that process? Mm -hmm. Is it is it is it medication? Is it a different therapist? Is it right. um, you know is there stuff that you are avoiding talking about that you need to talk about? Because mm -hmm. um, that is like that. It sucks to be either side of that relationship. Either the person that feels like I'm doing everything here and it's too much, or to be the person that's like. I just am paralyzed. I'm paralyzed and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know how to get out of this because that feeling really sucks. You feel like you're in a hole and you can't climb out and you're just looking up at that circle of daylight and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know. The walls are smooth. I don't know how to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, but there's also that sense too of, you know, I know for me that I get very, my negative self-talk will then, it's almost like that gets so bad that I eventually oh. do the thing I need to do. And yeah. one thing that I've been doing lately, for real, like legit have the notebook here. I'm work, I started with a new therapist where she's like, I want you, it's not even like a to-do list in the traditional sense, but she's like, write down the things you want to get done in a given day. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of, end of the day, look at what you actually did. And she's like, and let's kind of get clear. Okay, what are the things that are easier for you to do? What are the things that you run right. from? What are the things that, you know? And so, for instance, I just keep moving tape clothes to dry cleaners. I'm just moving <laughs> that over each day. Mm -hmm. I realize yeah. there's a problem there, right? And it's yeah. like, and that may be one of those things where I go, or like I have to do something where I'm like, Andy, I need you to drop me off at a place. Because I know that the mm -hmm. problem I'm having is like the physical travel to that destination. Yeah. You know, um, I think also it is so, or also too another thing, too, sometimes where I say to myself, you can go back to bed hmm. after you do like an hour. Like sometimes I will literally yeah. set my alarm an for, hour of existence, literally like 30 minutes <laughs> or an hour yeah. where it's like whatever you can get done okay. in this time. Yeah. And like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. like you just have to turn it on for an hour or you just have to turn it on for half an hour. And whether that quote unquote turning it on is doing the dishes or sweeping the floor or, you know, finding yourself a therapist, you know, like doing some mm -hmm. research. Sometimes I'll tell myself, you just have to do 30 minutes or you just have to do 60 minutes. And yeah. the then Pomodoro I can go, method of depression. Exactly. And then I can go right back to fucking bed is what I'll tell myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I stay up and I keep at yeah, it. Absolutely. And then other times it is literally like, well, I did. I did something. And then I can go back to bed at least yeah. without the negative self-talk that says you don't get shit done. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if you I like that idea of because I've done that, too, of setting setting a list where it's like. 
I'm going to put these in uh, ascending order of uh, challenge so that I can feel like I got five things done. They were easy things, but they needed to be done. And I mm -hmm. did them all in a row. Like yeah, there is a, yeah. there is a satisfaction that comes out of that. And and an energizing that's like, maybe I can do this thing then, you know, um, but it definitely has to be. I also would like to know what the um, what the work situation is like if they both. Do they both work from home? Uh, is there is there a time when you are alone by yourself in in the in your shared space where um, is that helpful to be by yourself and doing things without the feeling of being observed or yeah. feeling like yes. you're not you know that feeling of like I, I I this person sees me not carrying my weight you know uh -huh, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. because Ooh, I don't know yeah, it's that's also hard. that's hard for me. It's hard for yeah, you know what's sure. hard for me on the other end is I want to just be able to clean in a wet and like like I, I wash two dishes and then I walk over and I clean the litter box and then I go back and clean some more dishes. Like I have a weird kind of like fractured way of doing stuff. And for me, yeah. there's something about being observed doing that. Where By I would, me? Yeah. The woman who's ordered breakfast to be delivered? Yeah. I would rather have <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> like, Lord have mercy. I would rather have you like sitting in the back of the car eating your breakfast and letting <laughs> go about out my, of the house. Yeah, so weird, my weird way of cleaning. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was like that. No, no, like, no. That it's kind hot. of like, uh, like that observation, the like uh, the Heisenberg of it all, the like being <laughs> the like seen either in the depression or in this kind of mode. You don't I have the, the other same person problem. to see you in. Absolutely. I have the same problem. I, I <laughs> This I will have to say this to my wife a lot. If I'm if I'm trying to fix something or whatever, and she's standing there, like it just happens, I'm like, oh, let me try to fix this. And she's like just standing there <laughs> in my periph. I will have to, I will have to say, honey, please don't hover. Because it makes me it makes me because that's that's been a problem uh since I was a kid, is is the self-consciousness of that of like, I'm not doing this right. Um, it goes back to like doing homework with my oh, mom and her oh, getting frustrated God. with me because uh -huh. I can't figure out long division. And the more I can't figure it out, the more paralyzed I become Ooh. and the worse I get at it. And yes. so it's like this, you watching me do this pushes an ancient button in me oh that God, is like, yes. it's really bad for me. Oh, um, that was so primal. Yeah, like, that really right? like that got me in oh. like a part of my heart that like I have not <laughs> witnessed in a while because it really is this kind of like oh yes, this goes back to like not wanting to get something wrong as a yeah. child, and so like having someone there to witness. It's the same thing. Does this happen to both of you? Like if something you made is that like you make it and then and then it goes out in the world that changes. Some, like something now you're seeing this thing through other people's eyes mm -hmm. and it changes the way you feel uh, about, uh, it. about it yes. in right. a way that like it's the same it's on the continuum of that I think of the like wit being, being witnessed in some way I never really thought about it uh, in terms of creativity until I put out my first album and I was so freaked out by, <laughs> by the idea <laughs> by the idea that like oh wait now this is going to be this is going to go out in the world and people are going to hear it and they're going to have judgments on it. And then um, when the response seemed to be positive, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm, I'm good at this. <laughs> like, this is, yeah, this is yeah. my job. This is my job on purpose in a way that I, <laughs> that I never had from, like, doing TV spots, you know? I don't know why it was so different to me, but this was like... 
because it was more than five minutes. It was more than, you know, a half hour or whatever. And it was like, this is, this is my idea. There was no editor. This was my idea of what I am going out there. Mm. And then after doing it that first time, I was able to do it more. I was able to be like, oh, okay, all right. I, this is just the way it is. Like you, you put this thing out, you release it, and then you hope that people are going to like it, you know? But, yeah. but now I have an idea in my mind that it's not a mistake for me to do this. Anyway. Yes. Yes, but I think that I do think that not being in the same place at the same time can be helpful. So, if your husband is cleaning and he's you know organizing whatever, um, and you don't have the strength to to help to assist whatever, get out of the house, get out of get out of the apartment, whatever it is, go someplace else while he's doing that. Um, and if you can be doing something else that's productive in that time, great. If if all it is is just getting out of the way. That's good too, you know, yeah. but yeah. also figure out what you are good at in the relationship, in the household. Yes. Because man, that household shit, it really can become galling. Um, if you feel like I'm doing this all the time, mm -hmm. um, but like my wife is clean and I am neat. Like she's better at cleaning stuff and I'm better at organizing things. Uh -huh. So I can be really good at, at, um, at putting things, at putting things away, at putting things in an order that makes sense. In, um, you know, like I'm good with the dishwasher, uh, like getting as much stuff in there as possible. Um, <laughs> you know, I like I like the Tetris of it all, and I, I like figuring that out. Um, so, what are the things? F try to figure out what is it in the household that is satisfying for you to do you that know. gives you a sense of. That was a that was a game that I played and I won, you know, yeah. um, because there's there's always something, even if it's one thing yeah. to say, like, you don't have to worry about this anymore. I'm going to do that. And um, to find things like that, because there's more than you think. Um, but also, I do I, I do think it's worth trying not being in the house at the same time when those things are being done. That's true. That's true. I think some of this is also on the husband. Um, I was going to ask you, as the husband who gets things done, what would you recommend that dynamic be so that he doesn't feel like he's holding the bag? There's a couple things. One, that, is Another like, part of this, sorry, is that we don't know what what the buildup was. And yes, yes. hopefully hopefully there were there were things that were said before, if this doesn't change, I want a divorce. Um, so that it was not like a... a, a she didn't indicate that it was a shock. Right. She so doesn't I'm, sound blindsided. She yeah. sounds like a little. Yeah. Different. I didn't yeah. hear like her wiping her um, eyes with her the back of her hands. Like, <laughs> that yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Woo? Yeah. If I didn't hear that, I have to assume there had been some communication beforehand. <laughs> so I think the husband a needs to have therapy, too. I think sure. work yeah. he needs to uh, understand that kind of stuff, too. Um Whenever he's doing chores, like to me, chores are not that bad because I listen to podcasts. And so absolutely, I have a lot of fun or like books on tape or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my old, I have my old Walkman. And I, <laughs> <laughs> audio books. I have my, I love my we <laughs> Edison wax cylinders. I play on them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> John Grisham's the Pelican Bird. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna clean, get my Walkman. <laughs> uh, no, we can you pull the Victrola out so I can, so I can get to cleaning? 
Um, and uh, so have something fun that's going on, whether it, whatever mm -hmm. it's music or whatever, while right. you are doing the cleaning. And it yeah. doesn't really like there's not much except for laundry that I really hate. And then Naomi does the laundry. Right. That's why this felt yeah. a little familiar. Um, <laughs> And then but I do leave it in the dryer sometimes for yeah. days. For days. <laughs> eh, it's fine. Uh, and then the other, as long as I don't have to do it, I don't care how it gets done. Um, and then the other thing is if uh, your partner's depression becomes overwhelming, it's, I think one thing is to remind yourself it's not forever, mm -hmm. but that you, it's on you to, I mean, take care of them and do, you know, help them uh, in what they need at that moment, but then get out of the house. Get some friends, get some bros mm -hmm. together. Go to the <laughs> yeah. But like I, I call no, true. my friends and I'm like, hey, do you want to like go, you know, get dinner? Do you want to see a movie? Uh, and just having that like brief respite, I think, helped mm -hmm. me reset. Yes. Do you know, moments. I also think I wonder if this is a male female thing, too, because my wife is great at maintaining uh, friendships and seeing people going out and doing things. She's so much better at it than me mm -hmm. because to me, it's like, well, I see people at shows and that's yeah. my friendship. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's not really the same. It's like, you need to go out with people one-on-one -on -one to be yourself away from other things to, to kind yeah. of remember who you are. And, um, you know, and, and also that's what your friends are. It, that's what your friends are for. If you are having, if your spouse is having trouble, your partner's having trouble, um, and they can't give you that aspect, um, then that's what that's where you lean on your friends a little bit because life is not just one relationship, and you and your friends want to help you. They want to be there for you, you know. And even if it's just, it doesn't have to be like. I'm going to go out and blow off steam about my wife who's crippled by depression. It You don't have to talk about that. Yeah, it right, could be yeah, like you right. just go out and do talk about whatever. Talk about TV shows. Go to a baseball game. Go to a movie, whatever. Um, you know, you have to, you do have to, and this is a reminder to me too, to lean on all the relationships in your life. Um, but yeah, I agree that uh, if you could go to see somebody together, that would be great. Yes. Because it's really helpful. If you, yeah. if you have, a, if you can find a good person, it's really, really helpful. Yeah. 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 Oh, and also do stuff like when you said see a baseball game, I was just like, oh yeah, there's so much more stuff than just like going to dinner or a movie. Yeah. Now, all I do. Oh, all I do is eat. Bowling. <laughs> yeah. Go see a, a baseball game or if you live in a town take a basketball, like go see, <laughs> like it's fun to just there sit things there. to do. Right. Or go see, go I mean, take my, a walk. Exactly. And it's like, so I think there are things both, you can both be doing apart from each other to yeah. like be recharged. You do yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you taking a walk. You know, and there are certain things, again, we don't know what you're doing for your depression right now, so maybe some of this seems basic. But yeah. if you are not doing the, any of it already, mm -hmm. you got to go back to basics. Yeah. You got to yeah. go back to walk around the block, make a to-do list that says shower. Okay? Yeah. Your girl's doing it too. Absolutely. I'm telling you this is someone who literally is like, <laughs> yeah. shower, or I've now broken, I don't just write laundry. I literally go, put clothes in washer, take clothes <laughs> out, and put in dryer. Like, it's a two-step. Because right. right. I know... I go, I did laundry. And once the clothes are no longer visible to me, it mm -hmm. is done. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like once yeah. they're not in the pile, I go, well, I did the laundry. And then I'll yeah. be like a week later, why can't I find my shirt? Well, it's been in the dryer <laughs> for seven days. So you have to like just be simple and be nice to yourself. 
Uh, yeah, be nice to yourself. I think that's the other like, thing. Like, break it up into its hardest, component parts. Hardest thing in the world. <laughs> hardest thing in the world. Yep. Being nice to yourself. Yeah. I'm also yeah, going to yeah. say this. I'm going to throw this out there. My wife and I do separate laundry. We don't do laundry together. Like meaning you do yours, her clothes, she does her clothes? That's right. Wow, that's beautiful. Huh. That's it's, beautiful. It's the same difference. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It really you're doing laundry at the same rate, yes. but it's like <laughs> I wait till my laundry basket is full and then I do my laundry and then she does hers because it's like obviously <laughs> Women's clothes are mysterious, and there's a lot of things that well, this this but can't you go also in have here. Fine linens, you have fine fabrics too. I have fine, but I wash everything on cold because oh, cold yeah. is safe. <laughs> <laughs> I have maybe three things that you have to hang dry. Everything else could just go in the dryer on normal. Um, but normal. But um, like sometimes that's that's a a. There's something that's kind of satisfying about that where it's like, this is my clothes are my responsibility. He doesn't have to worry about them. So I can do this. And uh, I, 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 that's my job is my clothes. And so if I don't have clothes, it's because I didn't wash them. And so that's something that's, that's lifted from his plate. Like he doesn't have to sort through my shit. He doesn't have to fold my shit. He doesn't have right. to worry about the different cycles of my, my right. specific garments. Um, <laughs> maybe there's something to that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Paul, can we just thank you for just coming here with an open heart and a loose butt? Because that's what, it's what we want on couples therapy, and yeah. you came correct. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. This is it's it's lovely to talk with you, and you know I love talking about this stuff. And you know it's like this is all we got is we got to figure this stuff out. Exactly, you know? yeah. exactly. You got to be honest about it, and there's no shame, yeah. honey. I'm telling you, yeah. I write down none. Shower. Yeah, so just <laughs> exactly. I write down shower. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.